This episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by Koros Global. For a free accessory with any Koros Global watch purchase, use the code FITCOOKIENUTRITION at checkout and visit the link in the show notes to shop all of the Koros watches. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Holly Samuel, and I'm a dietitian, certified personal trainer, master of health education and eating disorders, and I'm an avid runner, and I am your host today. Today, we are going to dive in to the topic of body image and keeping a good relationship with your body and with food surrounding the holiday season. We're probably only going to skim the surface of this topic in a podcast episode because I know there's so many deep dives that we could take, but I really want to focus on body image and, you know, eating um, strategies to help keep you in a good place mentally and physically too, especially around the holidays, because I know that um, the holidays can be a tough time for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, but something that I hear in practice with clients as a dietitian and have for years is that, you know, the holiday foods, you know, kind of invoke feelings of guilt or shame. Um, overeating can definitely happen. Um, you know, more anxiety, being around, you know, more family and friends that maybe you're not used to being around or who invoke <laughs> anxiety in you or nervous feelings. Um you know, can make appetite wax and wane um, as well. And that can be a barrier to continuing to have normal eating patterns throughout the holiday season. There's also a lot of messages out there around exercise being a punishment for what you ate last night at Thanksgiving. (laughs) And that is unhelpful, of course. So want to dive into some of that as well. So to dive right into it, let's first identify what body image even is. So body image can be defined in many different ways, and I wanted to draw light on the different definitions that I have kind of just come up with. So according to the National Eating Disorders Association, or NEDA, body image is how you see yourself when you look in the mirror or when you picture yourself in your mind. It encompasses what you believe about your own appearance, including your memories, assumptions, and generalizations, how you feel about your body, including your height, shape, and weight, how you sense and control your body as you move, how you physically experience or feel in your body. That's what body image is according to the National Eating Disorders Association. So according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a subjective picture of one's own physical appearance established both by self-observation and by nothing and by noting the reactions of others is how body image has been described by Merriam-Webster. So now we're pulling in not only our own perceptions of self, but also feedback that we get from other people's perceptions of us. According to a Medical News Today article, body image refers to how an individual sees their own body and especially how attractive they feel themselves to be. So this definition also pulls in not only how we feel about ourselves, but how attractive we find ourselves to be and almost even like, you know, invokes a little bit of sex appeal, (laughs) which is interesting. So we've got perception of self, we've got, you know, other people's perceptions of us and how that influences our own perception of self. And we've also got attractiveness. And 
what I want to draw light on here is that your perception of yourself is yours. It is what's in your head all day. You are talking to yourself all day. And other people's perceptions of you are really none of your business. <laughs> so once they do start to become vocal about it, or there is that you know external feedback at the family holiday party, oh my God, you look so great, you lost weight, or oh, it looks like you gained a few pounds, or physical appearance comments, that is when body image can start to become problematic because it becomes not our own perception of self. Um, some people can have a great perception of self and then it starts to be influenced by other people's comments, which is why making non-appearance-based comments is very, very important. And some people can also have a pretty bad <laughs> perception of self and other people try to maybe you know put a spin on it as well. That's not necessarily helpful because it still draws attention to someone's appearance. So body image is a very complex topic. So what I want to dive into here is a couple different scenarios. So what to do when you're at a family gathering or in a, that holiday environment situation, and there are comments being made about body image or about eating habits that you are st starting to feel uncomfortable with and how to kind of um, handle those situations. I also want to talk about, you know, positive, productive eating habits and strategies to implement around the holiday season and how to have a good, healthy relationship with food. And then I also want to touch on a little bit the New Year's uh, resolution kind of <laughs> craze that tends to happen January 1st, especially how to tell if, you know, this is a resolution that is healthy and productive versus this is a resolution that is toxic and very much influenced by diet culture. So those three different points, let's dive into them. So firstly, when we are in a situation around the holidays where maybe our family or our friends or whomever, um, you know, makes comments that are appearance related, whether they're trying to give you a compliment um, or, you know, maybe they are a bit nitpicky and they're getting into it. Or maybe this is just something that's occurred with this particular group of people for you in the past. So you have a bit of anxiety or some slightly, you know, anxious anticipation over seeing them again. So you're kind of worrying about things that haven't quite happened presently, but have happened in the past. And you're not sure how to handle those emotions. Um, so in terms of like comments, so I just, I already said this in the podcast once, but I just want to put out this blanket statement that, you know, appearance-based comments, um, they're, they're typically not helpful. You know, it, it can be okay to like make comments around, oh my gosh, I, I love that sweater. Like I, or I really like the way, you know, you styled your hair today or those types of things or like your eyes, they look so pretty. You know, those aren't necessarily like full body related, but making comments like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Did you lose weight? Or wow, like that dress makes you look so skinny. Or you're like, um, you know, you're looking a little different or, you know, you seem to have gained weight, those types of comments. Um, or you should try this diet to fix this problem. Um, unsolicited advice is always fun to get from non-qualified professionals. Um, or even maybe you do have a qualified professional in your family, but it's still not the same unless you are working with them in an intimate one-on-one -on -one setting that does constitute a medical provider patient relationship. So if that's not the case, then 
they're not your medical professional and you don't have to take their opinions. Um, so looking at these types of comments. So one thing that I will tell my clients is that a lot of the times, if you feel like you have maybe made a lot of progress in your relationship with your body or in your relationship with food, going to these kind of like toxic environments where maybe people aren't on the same page as you, or they don't understand what you've been going through. Um, it can be, it can be like apprehension raising, you know, like you, you maybe are really proud of how far you've come and you just don't really want to be triggered by these people or these comments that you anticipate getting. Um, so one thing that can be really important is just to maybe like, if you're feeling any of that apprehension before going to the event or the gathering, maybe like take some of these thoughts and write them down or talk about them with a partner or a friend or your dog or a medical professional, preferably, but talk about them or put them on paper or put them out into the open. Um, typically when we keep everything inside our own heads, um, it just builds up and it becomes like it has power over us and it doesn't need to have power over you. Um, once you tend to like write it down or get it out of your head, you know, do a bit of a brain dump, um, it becomes a bit more tangible and a bit more like something you can start problem solving. Um, so if you feel any of those behaviors or thoughts rather coming up for you, maybe consider doing that before you even attend the event. Like, what is it that you're nervous about? What is it that's bringing up these thoughts? Um, and, you know, if you are worried about what you need to say at the event, you know, know that it's not your responsibility to educate other people um, about, you know, something that you're not a professional in and currently on the clock for. <laughs> so, you know, if you are experiencing an eating disorder or you're experiencing disordered eating or body dysmorphia, or you have cancer, like any of those medical conditions um, or, you know, just circumstances, you know, if you're a, a, a like a patient of those circumstances, they are not your identity, but you are someone who does have these things in your life. You know, it's not it's not your like responsibility to educate other people on these things. It's just not, it's not your responsibility. So, you know, if you went to a party and you were like, yeah, I, you know, I have this cancer diagnosis, people wouldn't expect you to be an expert in that type of cancer and to educate them on it, you know, like, so it really shouldn't be different with eating and body um, issues. And, you know, if they, they do expect you to be an expert on it, you are welcome to say, you know, I'm really not sure. Like, I just don't know. I'm still learning about this. And, you know, I'm working with my medical team to figure that out. So, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Can we maybe talk about something else? You know, it's not your responsibility to educate a group of people about your medical chart. <laughs> it's just not. Um, so, you know, know, know that. And if you are in a place where talking about it is helpful for you, um, but only probably if it's talking about it with people who are supportive and helpful, um, know that you get to pick who those people are, you know, and you get to set those boundaries. Um, so make sure that your group of people are people that you trust with this information because it is, you know, it can be triggering if they're just not sure how to take that. Um, but if you are in a place where you want to talk about it, feel free to talk about it, but know that it's not your responsibility and you don't have to. And if protecting your energy and focusing that on healing is going to be better for you, then that is exactly what you should do. So now when these comments come up, um, something that, you know, I like to tell my clients and myself, <laughs> to be honest, um, you know, is, 
you can take them in a couple different ways. So if you have decided, you know what? Yeah, it's not my responsibility to really educate, even if the comment's triggering, like, or I can tell this person is just like not on the same page as me, or they're not ready to change maybe their their own views or issues. Um, because a lot of the times people making comments like this are uninformed in the area of eating disorders, body image, and whatnot. You know, if you have decided that you're not really going to entertain <laughs> these conversations, and um, maybe this person's not ready to have this type of conversation with you because they're just not there not on the same page as you, that's okay. So become a pro deflector. This is what you need to do. Um, you know, you need to learn how to deflect these comments or remove yourself from the situation. So obviously, if you can remove yourself from a toxic conversation, there's like another room you can go to, another thing you can do, um, another person you can talk to, go for it. Um, if you have a person who's going to be at this event who is one of your safe people, you know, maybe come up with a plan with them as well so that they can come, you know, save you from Aunt Karen if she's talking about the latest diet that she's on <laughs> or asking you about, you know, your dietitian that you're working with or, um, you know, why your body looks different or whatever it is. And if you don't have a safe person, remove yourself from the situation if you can. Now, if you can't, <laughs> that's where you need to become a good deflector. So, some comments that can be helpful to report back. So if someone is saying, you know, something that's directed at you directly, like, hey, you know, you look great, or you look terrible, or you should try this diet, or what have you been eating lately? Or tell me about this, you know, um, that's where, you know, you can say, hey, you know, I don't actually really know. I'm still working on that myself with my medical team, or I'm still, you know, researching that a lot myself. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm actually good. I don't need any resources. I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Um, but I don't really want to talk about it right now. Can we talk about something else? You know, that's okay to say. And if they're like, no, I want to talk about that, then, okay, this person is maybe not someone that you should see often <laughs> because that might be a toxic relationship. Um, you know, and if someone is, you know, kind of going about your body, you could always say, hey, you know, my body's really not up for discussion. It's just not something I'm feel, I feel comfortable talking about when we talk about something else or have a subject prepared or a list of them that you can automatically change it to. Like, oh, thank you. Um, also, like, have you, um, you know, seen that latest movie or that latest Netflix show or read this book? Or have you like went to this new restaurant or, you know, those types of things, like have a couple, have a couple like subjects that are really easy for you to change the subject to. And this might vary too, like person to person. If you have an individual that, you know, you're kind of nervous about talking to and you have like things in their life that you can ask about, do that um, and try and deflect that conversation and then remove yourself from it if you can. If someone's making comments that are more related to, oh my gosh, I wish I could be like you, or my body sucks, or I'm doing this diet, or, you know, I'm doing this thing that you perceive to be, you know, kind of destructive <laughs> in terms of dieting or comments on body. So if it's not really about you, but it's said to you, like in front of you, um, this is where, you know, it's definitely important um, to not engage in that, you know, behavior. So if someone's picking themselves apart, don't do the same thing to yourself. Don't start picking yourself apart, even if that's a new habit you're trying to work on. Um, you know, don't engage on picking them apart too, obviously. And I think what's really important is if someone's like, you know, oh, I got to get like skinny for my wedding. So I'm going to train for a half marathon or something like that. Well, 
you know, it's important for you to not validate, you know, their um, dysmorphia. So not to say, oh my gosh, you're totally skinny already. You don't need to train for a half marathon or you don't need to train for a half marathon to be skinny or X, Y, Z. What can be helpful? And this is like so easier (laughs) said than done, but what can be more helpful is to say, well, you know, why do you think you have to change your body for your wedding? Like, why are, are you focused on that? If you feel like engaging in the conversation, if you are not prepared to have that conversation, you can deflect. You can say, oh, like, what makes you like excited to, you know, train for a half marathon? And if they keep talking about their body image, then, you know, then that's not necessarily helpful. But um, if you're looking at them and, and going, okay, I don't know how to engage in this conversation in a way that's not going to, you know, be triggering for myself, <laughs> um, you can change the subject, say, oh, like your wedding, like, oh my gosh, are you so excited for that? And then talk about their wedding or, you know, talk about something else like the new Netflix show or documentary, et cetera. Um, it can be really, really easy to just want to compliment someone else by saying like, oh my gosh, no, you're this, um, you look fine or you are fine. Um, but it's still not necessarily helpful to give appearance related comments. Um, and it's easier said than done guys. If you've done this in the past, don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst (laughs) because you're you're not, you are a product of society. We all are. That's why I have a podcast. (laughs) So I've done these things too. Um, so just kind of training yourself to reroute the conversation and avoid commenting on appearance. I think that's one of the first, um, steps you can take if you're kind of ready to start thinking about that is to remove the urge to give appearance related comments or to feed into those types of conversations. Um, and of course you're always welcome to set boundaries too, which can be super uncomfortable, but very necessary for certain relationships. Now let's hear from our sponsor today. Hey, everybody, I wanted to take a minute to hear a word from our sponsor, which is Koros. Koros Wearables makes GPS watches that help athletes train to be their best. And they use top of the line hardware with innovative technology to provide endurance athletes with the gear that they need to achieve their goals. When you use a Koros product, you know you're getting a tool that has been designed, tested and perfected for the athlete by the athlete. And their roster of professional athletes that use their products is quite impressive. Have you heard of Elliot Kipchoge, Emma Bates, Des Linden? I mean, if it's good enough for them, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Koro's watches allow you to create your own personalized workouts. They allow you to implement your training plan for running, cycling, swimming, and even a strength or core workout at the gym. If you need an extra reminder to properly fuel during your workout, Koros has you covered with the customizable nutrition alerts. So you can basically just have me poke you every 30 to 50 minutes to remind you to take your fuel on the run, which is pretty cool. Koros users have set world records and been to the highest point on earth, pushing their products to the extremes. And at Koros, creation and innovation is never ending. So You know, if you are wearing a Kuros watch, you know that you are going to be the focus as the user. So if you want to be part of the Kuros community, you can follow Kuros Global on Facebook or Instagram, or you can head over to the link in my show notes to view some of their various products. I personally have the Kuros Apex, which I love. I've had it for 
gosh, probably almost a year now. And it's so easy to use. The interface is so pretty. The app is awesome and very easy to use and understand. And I totally love my watch. So I hope you head over to the link in the show notes to check out Coros Global. Now let's get back to today's episode. Okay, so now I want to talk about what you can do to set yourself up for success around the holidays, which often come with just being in a different environment than you're used to, being exposed to other foods in different environments that you may not be used to, and of course, being around people who may or may not have things to say about food throughout this condensed part of the year. Um, And also, too, for the holidays, a lot of times, you know, this can come with like an emotional change. For some people, the holidays are really challenging for a variety of reasons, whether you've experienced loss or change of some sort. Um, You know, and also for a lot of us in the northern part of the globe, we also experience seasonal changes, which may or may not come with some, you know, seasonal um, mood changes as well. Um, Just because we're not, you know, seeing the sun as often, you know, the days get shorter, um, the darkness, you know, definitely affects people. And some people may even have like seasonal depressive disorder, which can definitely alter, you know, how we feel around our bodies and around food and our energy levels in general. So to set yourself up for success this time of year, I would highly, highly recommend, you know, getting out of the restrictive mindset, meaning, don't like save up your calories or save up your points or whatever it is that you may have been predisposed to counting um, in maybe more disordered days for like a holiday party or a holiday meal or something you're looking forward to later in the day or nervous about later in the day. Avoid doing that. Try to stick with your same routine so that your body has a sense of routine. Bodies really like routines. So when we are constantly throwing them off their routine, you might feel like it's you're stuck or like it's really hard to produce change um, in your habits. So that being said, that means wake up, you know, similar to when you would normally wake up within, you know, an hour or so if you can to keep your circadian rhythm somewhat similar. You know, have breakfast within an hour of waking. You guys know I'm a big proponent of having water and food before caffeine in the morning. Try to make that a habit. That will help so many things. Honestly, I could probably do a solo episode on that, which I'm making note of now. Um, So have breakfast, you know, have your snacks, have your lunch, have your snacks, have your dinner. Um, Try to make your meals composed of the Fit Cookie 4, which if you've listened to um, following, you know, episodes for a long time, or if you're a client of mine or in in my course um, at all, you'll know that that is carbohydrates, protein, fats, and fiber. So make your meals balanced, make them consistent, have snacks, don't starve yourself or try to restrict in the effort to save up for a later event. That is always going to lead to binging. Whether it's in the short term or the long term, restriction is the biggest predictor for overeating and binging. Let me say that again. Restriction is the biggest predictor for overeating or binging. So that's why we are going to try to not restrict (laughs) throughout the first part of the day because it'll almost always lead to overeating and discomfort with that or maybe shame that can be associated with that, which again, there shouldn't be. But I know for a lot of people, that's the case before they've really addressed their relationship with food. Um, So by eating plenty, fueling our bodies properly and taking care of ourselves, we should be going into these different events feeling 
like our energy levels are pretty stable, feeling like we maybe are a little bit hungry, but we're not like starving when it comes to the hunger scale. And then we'll be able to make decisions that are in conjunction with our goals, our health, how we want to feel when we leave the event. Um, and we will run into less of those blood sugar control issues, mood issues, um, issues related to being underfueled, et cetera. So that would be one of my biggest tips around the holidays to set yourself up for success. I would also highly recommend staying hydrated, which is such a low hanging fruit. But for so many people this time of year, they really, really struggle with it. Um, you know, I talk to several people every day in my client calls. Um, I notice it in myself and in my husband too. Like we just, all of us, we're all dehydrated in the winter. We all kind of forget about drinking water. Um, at least most of us do in my experience, um, in my small, small case study that I get to see of people. So, you know, really make sure you're staying hydrated. You should be drinking about half your body weight in ounces um, per day. So if you're 200 pounds, that's 100 ounces of water per day um, minimum. So, you know, really try to make that happen throughout the cooler part of the year, if that's you, or throughout the holidays as well, because that should also help you be able to make good decisions, have less brain fog, have more energy, keep your gut regular, um, you know, lots of good benefits from being hydrated. And if you're an athlete, of course, you may need even more fluid than that. Even if your workouts have maybe decreased a little bit in the off season, or if they're just you're not sweating as much because it's colder, you still need to be optimally hydrated. Um, so make sure you're not slacking on that. Electrolytes go into that category, of course, as well. So those would be my biggest recommendations for setting yourself up for success throughout this time of year where routine may be thrown off. Notice none of nothing of what I said was like, make sure that you pick this one food that you enjoy or make sure you avoid high sugar, high calorie foods. No, none of that. You can make decisions. You are an adult. You have the permission from me, even though you don't need it because I'm an arbitrary voice you're hearing in your head right now. And you also have the permission from yourself, hopefully, if you have been around long enough, you know that I'm a big fan of self-permission to make decisions around food. So you have that permission. So set yourself up for success by adding these other things in and maybe shifting your mindset to be less restrictive. And then you'll be able to make whatever decisions you want to make around food. You can eat whatever you want. Know that too. These foods are available anytime you want to make them. You can make your grandma's apple pie recipe any time of the year. So, you know, nothing is off limits um, just because it only comes around the holidays. So you're allowed to have these foods whenever you want. Now into the third point of the day, which is the New Year's resolution craze or just, you know, time of year in general. I don't have a problem with New Year's resolutions. I think setting goals, I think having wise and bigger meaning behind what we do is really powerful and impactful. And it's research, you know, supported <laughs> and evidence-based. So I have nothing wrong with that. What I do want to talk about on this podcast today, which would really just skim the surface of this topic, because I'm going to do a whole other podcast episode on New Year's resolutions around New Year's, is making sure that you are prompted to be able to spot the red flags. <laughs> so if you feel that your New Year's resolutions always revolve around changing your diet, changing your body, changing your exercise routine, and that the main motivator behind that is because you want to look a certain way. And if you make these resolutions every single year, I would encourage you to reevaluate your mindset um, because it may not be coming from the healthiest place 
And it may be coming from a place of not being sustainable if you're making these every single year. Um, and really be honest with, your, with yourself there. I really encourage people to make process-based goals that have to do with things you're going to add to your routine rather than take away because restriction is the biggest predictor of binging. And I also like people to make goals that, you know, don't only have to do with their body image. Maybe it has to do with more of an outcome, like a performance goal or um, a strength goal, or you want to be able to do a certain skill. Sometimes those can be more helpful because then you can make a plan that will specifically help you get towards that goal because it's evidence-based. <laughs> like if you, you know, make a goal, for example, of I really want like, I want to like my arms better and my shoulders. Like, I want them to look better. I want to be more toned. What do you do to be more toned and to look a certain way? <laughs> you know, I don't have an evidence-based process for you. I don't. I don't know what you are going to look like if you do upper body workouts or in a calorie deficit um, or eating in a way that supports the, that specific goal, because I don't really know what your genetics are. I don't know what you're going to look like when you're doing this thing. So, you, you know, the outcome may not line up with what you have in your head. If you have a goal instead, that's, you know, my upper body's kind of weak. I would really like it to get stronger. I want to learn how to do a pull-up and I want to be able to do one pull-up by the summer and then maybe build on that from there, depending on how it goes. Okay. Well, now, I mean, I can give you a heck of a program that's going to help you be able to do a pull-up and have a stronger upper body. Again, we don't know what it's going to look like when you get there. We have no idea. But you are going to be stronger. <laughs> so I think thinking of your New Year's resolutions in that way can be helpful. And also, if you're looking at the New Year's fad diet craze, that is likely to happen because a new diet comes out, at least one new diet comes out every single New Year. If it is demonizing any particular macro or micronutrient without, you know, speaking to you as an individual and figuring out what you need, but saying, hey, this is the case for everyone that could follow this diet. Um, if it demonizes anything, if it takes away a food group or a macronutrient, if it, you know, scratches at your pain point of needing to change the way you look in order to feel a certain way. Those are huge red flags that this is not something you should participate in. If it is something that supports your medical condition that is backed by research and recommended by dietitians who work with you specifically and they know your life, <laughs> that's different. But, you know, for the most part, those are the, the guidelines that I would recommend looking uh, through a lens through this time of year. And know that there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to change. Food has no moral value. All macronutrients and micronutrients do different things for us that are positive and not, none of them should be cut out unless we are allergic to our particular food. And it has to be sustainable. It has to be sustainable. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope that this holiday season brings you some peace and some joy. Um, and if you are looking for extra support with, you know, learning how to feel your body to achieve those performance and outcome-based goals and strategies to help shift your mindset around a more sustainable approach to how to take care of yourself. My runner roadmap course is currently open for enrollment and you can use the code podcast for 10% off at checkout. The link for that is in the show notes. That is my 
entirely self-paced online course that tons of people have gone through. Lots of runners have set PRs with, and it teaches you all about the foundations of nutrition for an athlete, how to, you know, figure out what to eat around and during your runs, including fueling and hydration strategies and building specific strategies for you and teaching you how to do that. It also helps you have a better relationship with food and body image and use food in a way that is fuel to fuel your athletic endeavors, but also is more than just fuel because, well, you know, food is a big part of our culture and our life as well, and it shouldn't only be viewed as fuel. If you're interested in that, again, the link is in the show notes and you can use code podcast for 10% off. It will only be open until the end of 2021, so don't miss out. If you also haven't heard, my new strength program for runners is out. It is out. It is open for enrollment. You can also link to that in the show notes. And this program essentially is on my app um, and delivered through there entirely. It gives you strength training programs, two workouts a week that are full body, that are runner specific. And I have beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels of both 12 and 18 week programs that are meant to complement a half or full marathon training program. So you have access to all of these programs. Um, I do manually have to change programs for you if you want to switch over into different ones, but you just have to send me a message if you want me to do that. You do have access to all of them. So I really hope you guys go check that out if you are looking, like I said, to get stronger and to prevent injury and to become faster runners um, because strength training has so many benefits. And these programs are also designed to help peak with you throughout a training cycle and then are adjusted for the taper. So it takes the guesswork out of that for you. And they're fun. And they're usually around like 20 to 40 minutes long too. So they're not like, it's not like you're spending extra hours in the gym each week. So if you have questions about that, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is fitcookienutrition. You can also send me an email at hsamuel at fitcookienutrition.com. I'll link that in the show notes as well. I hope everyone has a great holiday season. And until next time, happy running. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. 